We are glad that you are taking the time to be with us today for another episode in our series, Wednesday Evening Sermons. This past Wednesday, February 26th, was the first Wednesday in Lent, known as Ash Wednesday. Beginning with Ash Wednesday, we will be presenting a special mini-series that will continue through Wednesday, April 1st. The mini-series is entitled, An Altar in the World, Practice Not Perfect. In An Altar in the World, Barbara Brown Taylor takes 12 ordinary experiences of human life and invites us to see them as spiritual practices. What if our spirituality was shaped not only by prayer and worship and sacraments, but also by getting lost and paying attention and in physical labor? What if our spirituality was shaped not by a quest for perfection, but rather by continual practice? My hope, she writes, is that reading this book will help you recognize some of the altars in the world, ordinary-looking places where human beings have met and may continue to meet up with the divine moray that they sometimes call God. Lent begins with a story of a journey. This Lent, we hope you will look deeply at your own journey, your own encounter with altars in the world. The first message in this series was presented on Wednesday evening, February 26, 2020, by Pastor Danielle Casey, and is entitled, The Practice of Dying and Rising. The Gospel lesson for this message is Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 6, and verses 16 to 21. Let us now join Pastor Danielle Casey for this evening's message. Well, happy Ash Wednesday. I called out to my pastor friend as we parted ways in a crowded restaurant, and instantly I got more than a few looks. Some were confused, as if they had missed out on some holiday of which they had never heard. Some were dismissive as if I were disturbing their lunch despite the cacophony of lunchtime chit-chat. But most interestingly, some seemed offended, as if to them, Ash Wednesday was not the least bit happy. But to me, people who think of Ash Wednesday as not happy, or certainly as depressing, maybe don't really get it. I can admit that confessing our sins and marking ourselves with ashes and reminding one another that we are all gonna die isn't exactly Disney on ice. But it isn't depressing either. If anything, to me, it's rather refreshing. The repentance and renewal of this day is refreshing, but it is oddly so, this moment of ashy, gritty grace. This year, our theme for Lent is an altar in the world, practice, not perfect. Ash Wednesday is certainly not something any of us really ever perfect. And that is why it is our practice. Each year between Epiphany and Easter, we practice Ash Wednesday. We more specifically practice dying because Ash Wednesday speaks the truth that our culture in particular consistently tries to deny 
That is the fact that we will all die in this life. So we hear constantly, and we perhaps even try to tell ourselves that we can, in fact, live forever on this earth with the right array of products and activities. If we just pull this and tighten that, we can put off the inevitable for all eternity. We can heap on the moisturizer and pile on the exercise. We can eat right and get liposuction. And then we might look as if we haven't aged at all. Or perhaps we might look as if we haven't ever really lived. And that, to me, is depressing. In many ways, the truth of this day is refreshing when compared with all the lies that society tells us and we even tell ourselves from time to time. The truth we speak about Ash Wednesday is only depressing then if it's heard as an attempted perfection rather than as this repeated spiritual practice. The truth we speak about our mortality is only depressing if it's heard as punishment rather than as the promise it is. The truth we speak about our dying is only depressing if it's heard as the last word. And it's not. Because Ash Wednesday is the practice of dying, but also the practice of rising. Lutheran pastor Nadia Bowles Weber says, if our lives were like a long piece of fabric with our baptism at one end and our funeral at the other end and us not knowing exactly the distance between the two, Ash Wednesday is the day we bunch all the fabric together and the baptism of our past and the funeral of our future meet together. And the shape that we trace upon ourselves in all of these moments is the same, is it not? It is the cross. At baptism, we mark it with fragrant oil. Today, we mark it with gritty ashes. And in the end, with earthy dirt upon the head of our casket. On Ash Wednesday, the fabric of our lives is bunched together. And we see this tangibly in this concoction that we impose on our foreheads. It is a messy mixture of water and ashes and God's word. The water and word of our baptism combined with the dust and word of our funerals. They are combined in the great alchemy of God to form these ashes so that we would be reminded of the promises of God at the beginning and at the end and in every breath in between. God promises these things to us. And God's promises outlast everything else. They outlast our ability to exercise and meditate and give things up. 
They outlast our ability to self-help and self-improve and self-actualize. God's promises outlast our bodies, our efforts, and even time itself. As I was thinking about Pastor Nadia's words about Ash Wednesday bunching together the beginnings and endings of our lives, I remembered this article I had read years ago in the Lutheran magazine, and it told the story of Cora Azalea Van Steenhuis, who was only five weeks old when she met Agnes Thompson, her great-great-grandmother. And Agnes, who was 96, had suffered a stroke. And Cora's parents brought her to the hospital so that the two could meet before her death. And when, in the midst of their conversation, sitting around in the waiting room with the pastor, came to that of the baby's baptism, their pastor, Pastor Erlaub, suggested that they consider having Cora's baptism at the funeral if Agnes's death should come before the pre-scheduled baptism date. And at first, the family wondered how a baptism and a funeral would ever work together. Would the death cast a pall over the joyful event, or would the cute baby in the water take attention away from the deceased? But Pastor Erlaub reminded them that God's alchemy has a way of mixing things that seemingly don't go together. God takes things that are opposites and combines them. In baptism, we are promised God frees us from sin and death by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And at the funeral, the liturgy continues that promise, saying, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So after some days of thinking and praying, Cora's family realized that if they had asked great-grandma Agnes if they should do this, she would have said, Absolutely. So the service took place as the pastor had suggested, with the baptism and the funeral intertwined together. The fabric of these two lives, and really everyone's, bunched together in a single moment, in a single worship. It wasn't perfect, admittedly. It was messy just like these ashes. It wasn't perfect. It was practice. The practice that we preach every Ash Wednesday, woven together, this practice of dying and rising, of dying and rising, You see, the promises in baptism and funerals, the promises in birth and death are completely intertwined to God. To us who are finite, they seem separated by distance and time, but to God, who is infinite, they are one, one promise. 
Out of dust you came, and to dust you shall return. From your creator you came, and to your creator you shall return. The cross of Christ marked on your forehead and on your casket marked on you forever. So Lent isn't about trying to be perfect in what we give up or punishing ourselves for broken promises when we aren't. It's a practice, the practice of dying and rising, connecting the dots from baptism to funeral and seeing that God's promises are never broken. Lent isn't about trying to be perfect or punishing ourselves for our broken promises when we aren't. It's about practice, this practice that we need of dying and rising. Because at the other end of this dying to ourselves is a rising with Christ. At the other end of this ashy cross is an empty cross. Amen. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcasts progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day, and may the Lord be with you.